Star Wars The Force Awakens Special Edition? Does that roll off the tongue? What do you think, James? I do. I like that. I like the sound right. of that. All right. Well, we're going to talk about it. So uh, welcome, everybody, to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. That's James. Uh, and we are here to talk to you about uh, sort of, I don't know, a what-if speculation hypothetical, but do we think Disney will ever update the Star Wars movies the way George Lucas continually updated his? Um, heavy on visual effects, of course, but also some other tweaks and changes that uh, altered those stories. But we'll get into that as our main discussion, but we also have Will the Force. That is back. We'll be getting to that. Uh, and then speaking of back, uh, Lacey Gillerin will be back with us on Thursday for our holiday party. Uh, it will be TRB Live as always, 8.30 East Thursday to end the year. That'll be our last show for the year. And what we'll be doing there is uh, talking Star Wars. We'll talk the latest Star Wars news, anything else that's going on, a pretty normal show, but also uh, very festive. We're going to be in the holiday spirit with Christmas around the corner. Uh, Hanukkah just wrapped up in the midst of the holidays and we may also in that spirit have some giveaways to announce and a lot of stuff so be sure you book on your schedule trb for next not next this thursday 8 30 <laughs> east uh what is that the, the 21st right yeah this thursday 8 30 yes. east for trb live it's going to be our holiday christmas party Lacey's back it's gonna be a good time uh you excited you excited for that jingle James? bells you excited for the jingle bells yeah um yeah I, I don't know i'm thinking about all the things that we could do we're not quite yet on on plans yet but we're i'm gonna wear my Santa hat that's a spoiler alert decorations uh outfits snacks discussion giveaways It'll be a merry time we Give have a, well we i have was a, thinking of all the things that are Christmas related. I don't th the I guess the giveaways would be like Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah, it's the season of giving. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of stuff to give away in the the resistance space warehouse. So we'll have to go through our inventory. <laughs> Take a look. <laughs> this thing just keeps getting bigger, man. You know? It does. Yeah, we didn't used to have a warehouse, but we had to expand. No. <laughs> now we have a warehouse. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Rancho Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we would love to go to Rancho Obi-Wan. So Steve Sansweet, if you want, uh, let us know. We would love to. We'll head right out. Uh, we would love to pop in and say hi. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll have to catch him at the next celebration too. Um, all right, James, let's get into the show. Uh, we have our first segment that is making it. I guess the theme of this episode is things are back. Things are returning. And Will the Force is back in a big way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's go. I fear nothing. For all this, as the Force wills it. You guys know it. You love it. Will of the Force. Uh, this is where we pitch questions and guess whether something will or will not happen in Star Wars. Will it happen? Will it not happen? I don't know. Well, you'll find out. Uh, but in addition to the questions, TRB patron supporters can also submit their questions and make it onto the show, just like this guy did. We're going to kick off with our first question of the week coming from commander Hass aslam has sent us the question 
Will we see a new way that the Force can be used or manipulated in any future Star Wars movies or Disney Plus productions? Kind of opening it up there. Oh, that's pretty much like any Star Wars content, live action at least. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that there are certain Star Wars fans that will say, that's what Star Wars is all about. It's all about the force and it's all about discovering what it is and what it's capable of and how can you tap into it and what can we do with it, whether it's dark, whether it's light, it's all about the force and the connection that we have to it. And I feel like one of the more amazing aspects of Star Wars is whenever um, you get introduced to something that feels, uh, you know, maybe canonically, this character isn't the first person to ever do that. But when we go and we see a character do something in the force, it's a wow factor that really brings yeah. in and and lands um, no matter what it is, whether it's, uh, you know, the sequel trilogy is newer, um, but, you know, you, you could go with the... Um, the the healing abilities or the uh, connections through the force, or you could go uh, even further back, and you could go with like uh, speed running, you know, and stuff like that from the prequels. Just all these little uh, intricate things that they do with the force. Uh, that's just so much fun. Um, I can't imagine that there is um, not future writers of Star Wars that don't yet have the job that know that if they ever get the opportunity to write Star Wars or uh, film it, that they're going to do something with the Force that they're just like, oh, that's exactly what I would do if I were a Jedi or a Sith, you know, whichever way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, John. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. When I first read the question, uh, thanks, by the way, Hass, for submitting that. Um, it's a good question. I was like, oh, future movies. So, Ray and, you know, what happens after. But... I'm thinking, you know, that Mangled movie, The Origins of the Force, is where we'll see this uh, also. I think we'll see the natural force. You know, whoever taps into it first, we'll see like the most natural force we've ever seen um, prior to mass manipulation by force users. Um, so I think we will see things in that movie that probably either get lost uh, through use of the force or or whatever that we have never seen before because if the main focus of that movie is the discovery of the force by people um, it it has to be the force in its most purest state it has to be the force in its most powerful state I would think because if the force is essentially a main character we got to see big stuff out of it um, or maybe even see the force behave on its own without any manipulation, you know? So I think we will definitely see that there, but I also do think literally going forward, we will see stuff as well. I, it would not shock me at all. If we see Ray do things, uh, we haven't seen before. I mean, we saw it already in episode nine with the sort of fighting through the force and transferring objects through the force and the healing and all of that. So it's already happening and I don't see that stopping. So I'm with you, James. I do think we are going to see ourselves in a situation where the force is going to introduce us to new things in star Wars. And I, I know some people's gut reaction is going to be, 
um, defensive because Luke didn't get to do those things or Obi-Wan didn't get to do those things. So does that make them not as powerful? I don't like to think about it that way because then that's limiting us to this bubble of what was done. I don't think it diminishes those characters in any way. Uh, maybe they simply didn't need to use the force that way or it wasn't uh, they, like Luke wasn't in that situation because he was trained in a, in a way that was unorthodox. So I think it will happen. I don't think anyone should feel threatened by that. And um, as long as it doesn't get too crazy to the point where it makes the stories hard to believe in terms of uh, the characters. Um, like I don't want someone able to like swallow the whole galaxy using the force or something. I want there to be some limitations on it. Um, I, I think it's interesting that, that there's going to be things with the force that we haven't seen yet. So I say, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the limitations on the force would be because I mean, I, I think in a different argument, one might say like, as long as they're not like <sighs> time traveling or skipping through, you know, or something that's like, Oh, we kind of gotten some of that stuff, you know, now, yeah. And also, I'm curious if, if Hess's question is more approached from like, well, yeah, new to the movies, but we've seen this stuff before. I'm talking like new, new. We've never seen it in Legends or anything. And I can't even answer that question because I just don't know what's been discovered before. I don't. I would imagine that if somebody comes up with some idea, it's probably been discussed in some form of Star Wars before, some type of published EU material. Um, but there's always the chance somebody does come up with something that's just literally never been approached before. And, you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's what we're going to get, but I think either way we're going to get new stuff. Um, let's move on to another question here. This one is if let's just say if Poe Dameron somehow does not return for the next star Wars movie, um, is there any chance that somebody else will someone other than Ray, take over the Falcon alongside Chewie. You get your first crack at this, John. What do you think? I hope so. Um, I don't mind Ray um, sort of owning the Falcon in a sense um, because she did get the job offer from Han Solo. So it's almost like he was like cool with it, which is cool. And I know that Chewie likes Ray and all that. So that that works. Um, but I also don't, you know, if Ray is going to be an even bigger Jedi, more powerful, more responsibilities, you know, if she is training new Jedi and stuff, then she's also the pilot of the Falcon. I think that's big, that, that becomes too much. So I think just from a character perspective alone, I think it would be smart for them to have her hand off the Falcon to someone else. Now, whether that's a new character or, uh, you know, someone else we know that would make sense, maybe a pilot we saw or, uh, or I don't know, what have you. As long as it, it's somebody that could have great rapport with Chewie, um, maybe Finn becomes a great pilot. Who knows um, if he comes back? And again, this is under the assumption that, you know, Oscar Isaac doesn't return as Poe Dameron because I, I always thought Poe would be perfect in that spot. I, th- I really mm-hmm. liked him in the Falcon with Chewie at the beginning of Nine. That was a really fun scene. Um, but... I really just think, even though as much as I like that we saw Han say like, yeah, Ray, you know, you could work with us. I assume he would, she she would have his blessing. She liked the Falcon. She took care of it. She knew it well. I just think she has a lot to do more than ever. And even with episode nine, I was thinking like, oh, maybe she shouldn't fly the Falcon. So I, I kind of hope 
she sort of relinquishes it to someone else so that we can get the fun with the Falcon, but it's not all around Ray the way a lot of the other stuff is going to have to be. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, do you think, <laughs> how do you think Poe approached uh, the flying the Falcon? Do you think he thought of it as his boss's hu- dead husband's car? <laughs> Do you think he thought of it as like Ray's car? Do you think if he thought of it as like just the ship, like it doesn't belong to Han, it doesn't belong to Ray. That's just the Millennium Falcon. And I'm getting the shot to to fly it around. Not the shot, not like the Uh, opportunity, but you know what I mean? Like how do, how do you think he approached flying the Falcon in the first place? I still kind of think they see it. They saw it as it's Chewie's. Because, really? yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. And I honestly, now that I think about it, I wouldn't mind if Chewie took the captain's chair and maybe he takes on a co-pilot and that gives Chewie a new spin in this and keeps Chewie fresh. Like if Chewie takes over the Falcon, like that would be home. That would make a lot of sense. Kick him over to the captain's chair and let someone else be the uh, co-pilot. Um and and introduce a new character so it's not like oh do they just bring this new character in and they take over mm-hmm. the Falcon it's like no maybe Chewie has a little understudy maybe what if it's another Wookiee what if it's a human who they pick up who's a good pilot that isn't a clone of a Han Solo you know there's a lot they could do so now that the more I think about it now I kind of hope Chewie takes it and then like he has a co-pilot but if Chewie stays in his chair because he's like no nah, I'm good this is where I'm uh, you know this is my chairs so I'm good but you know then I do you hope know, someone else. But initially, I did kind of think it it is maybe too much if you have your main character also be the character that's piloting the famous ship or whatever. But <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, like no, they've not done like, it. It's not crazy. Well, yeah, and it's also not like uh, uh, Ahsoka isn't you know the captain of the ship that she flies, you know, or whatever. Uh, so it's not it's not unprecedented. I think she, I think Ray could totally uh, just handle the Falcon. But I also I also have another one for you, and I'm throwing this one out there again. <laughs> another another sub question to this question. Uh, it is canonical that uh, Chewbacca liked to clean the Falcon and like having a clean ship, and Han was the one that always wanted it trashed. Do you think that the next iteration in the in these Ray movies will have a new version of the Falcon, like a cleaner, different looking Falcon that they could sell toys of? That you know, how what is Chewie and Ray or whoever going to change the Falcon because this Han is, is not the one like keeping it dirty? This is what you do. <laughs> you keep it 85% trash. But Chewie's quarters, he he. Now that it's post-war, he you know, in those fifteen years he had time to like go chill. He cleans up and like like modernizes his quarters to how he likes it. Uh, and maybe he has like some trees in there to make it feel a little kashiki, you know. <laughs> kashiki. Uh, yeah. So I think it'd be cool if like most of it's still trash because he's like, well, this is Han's ship and this is how he liked it. But my quarters over there. Uh, or I'm gonna I'm gonna do it up the way I like it and make it nice mm-hmm. and clean. Uh, so that's why you still get the nostalgia feel of the beat up Falcon. Galaxy's Edge has that Falcon. It's all dirty, grimy, old school original trilogy Falcon. Um, I think they keep it that way. They probably keep it fully that way, 
But if they are going to change it, it'd be cool if Chewie was just like, yeah, where I sleep over here. Yeah, I fixed that up a little bit. Yeah. All right, we got another question. Will we learn something new about the Sith in Acolyte that will change the way we view Palpatine in the episodic saga? I'm going to go first on this one, and I say absolutely 100%. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think I think this is uh, an op- opportunity to... to um, <sighs> I know it's always risky to say like you're going to change the way we think about something sacred, but I think that what they do with this Sith thing is they they want to play in this world of um, what could be as far as like predictions and fate and and uh, the darkness and all these things that the Jedi sort of are like you know always in motion like we don't want to but looking at the future is not really part of it. And I think that with the acolyte being so dark side heavy, they they want to um, they want to play in this thing uh, where it seems more faded. And I think that it will it will heavily lean on Palpatine being a prediction and a prophecy of the Sith that someday this person will come. And I think that ultimately is going to change a lot of how we look at the, the or the, all of the episodic films, because it wasn't just that Palpatine, we've always kind of said, Oh, he just happened to be the one who did this stuff. We're going to now review it as no, he was fated, chosen, predicted, by the Sith oh. to be the one that united them all and and g- completed their mission or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm with you. I do think, I think the acolyte is somehow still just flying under the radar. And I know we saw footage at Celebration that a lot of people didn't get to see in terms of you know uh, a teaser or what have you, and it looks really good from that. Um, but it's flying under the radar a bit. Um, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, I like that it hasn't been really that overhyped or anything like that. And I do think we are going to get hit with things that we aren't expecting um, in that regard. I don't know exactly what. Like You're sort of painting this picture of this fate. Uh, for Palpatine. I, I'm predicting it like the dark side. Well, no, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I do think it will, cause I, I do think this series is going to involve Plagueis in some way, shape or form, um, which will just inherently lead to us, uh, being able to view Palpatine in another way because we're going to get to see his master. So, you know, oh, Palpatine did this because Plagueis did it like this, or he did it this way because Plagueis didn't do it this way, or something like that. And it will allow us to add a layer to that onion, even though we've seen so much Palpatine, you know, to the point where people joke about it. But I really do think, you know, it's he's still such a very interesting character, Palpatine, that is, that any elements of the dark side or the Sith that we can get in the show that we haven't really known before, that is at the end of this High Republic era, which is supposed to be the height of the Jedi, can only lead to interesting things for how we view Palpatine. So I, I, I agree. I, I'm saying yes as well. I do think we will learn new things about the Sith in the Acolyte that will at least not, I'm not saying wholly change, but in some way uh, put a new lens on how we view Palpatine. Yeah, I'm, I'm also 
like or enriches or enrich how we see the character you know mm-hmm. to your testament you say a lot of these shows they can't seem to break away from the original trilogy and this would be another way for them to uh always give the wink you know at like hey this is this is related to the Star Wars that you guys know. And, I, and I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be like this, but you know what I mean? They're like leafing through the book and it says like one day something sidious will come, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And we, we know what that means, but they're sort of playing like at the time they didn't, they didn't recognize that that's, that is sort of the prophecy uh, and that is why that person is named such he is because one day he is prophetically arriving the same way that the chosen one arrives prophetically. There's a Sith prediction of Palpatine being this uh, this culmination of everything they've been working towards that will bring uh, unbalanced to the force. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But whatever it is, yeah. it's the Sith equivalent of this chosen prediction. And I think that, that just them being so like winky, you know, will will be like, Hey, Palpatine, the, the galactic civil war, it's all coming, you know, it will happen. And, and I think uh, that's going to maybe change how we view it a little bit. Uh, the, I, I mean, I actually have, in my possession, the last pages of the Acolyte. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't know that much about it, but I've been sitting on this. <laughs> so the series is going to flash forward and it's going to be Plagueis. And he's going to be talking to his other Sith buddies. And he's like, look, I like you guys. You guys aren't going to be my apprentice. I have a new apprentice in mind. And then it's going to do the Star Wars thing where they, they fade the screen in the clockwise or the, or the swipe down or whatever. And it's going to be on a home and on the mailbox, it says Palpatine. And then we go inside the home and inside <laughs> on the, a mailbox on the mailbox says Palpatine. Cause that's where they live. Yeah. And so we go inside the home and it's, you know, it's a nice home, you know, modest. And we see this couple, very loving couple and they're, they're holding this little baby. And they say, they'd lower him into his little bassinet. And they say, sweet dreams, sheevy babes. <laughs> sheevy babes. By the way, this is not John's prediction. He's reading this right off of what it says. It's hard Acolyte to read. The, final yeah. page. The paper's red because I can't Xerox yeah. it. It's hard. So I may have messed up a few words here, but that's that's the final page of the accolade. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's resonate on that for a little bit, and uh, let's do our last question for Will of the Force this week, coming from another one of our patrons. This one, uh, another commander, actually, Stephen A. Bowman, sent in the question: Will there ever be updated special effects added to any of the Disney Plus shows? For example, I'm wondering if Luke in season two of The Mandalorian might be updated at some point to be the version we see in Book of Boba Fett. It is not a bad question, John. You get to go first. What's your opinion on this? And I will retaliate. I think... Disney Plus shows... I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Yes. I, 
I think they will. I think they will. I think there will be certain things that they'll be willing and able to update um, within modest budgets that uh, they feel needs to remain cohesive with the progression of, of visual effects. Um, the only reason, I mean, we'll get into this in the discussion, but the only reason why I don't think George Lucas's movies will be touched is because he's not the one in charge anymore and they're not going to change his, and I guarantee, I would guarantee that was in the sale of the, his movies uh, mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm to Disney is that, you know, only I can change my movies. You know, you cannot go in and make changes to my movies. Otherwise they, they may do, they may have done updates to like Jar Jar or something, but I, I could see them doing this because it's so funny. I was playing, um, I have like all these old video games now on this emulator and I was playing like Wolfenstein and like doom. And I remember when those games first came out, they were like, state of the art because it felt 3d because you're walking mm-hmm. pov through these rooms and now it l- seriously just looks like giant bl- pixelated giant pixelated blocks and it's yeah. barely Can I, it, just to off track you for a little bit what did, what did you buy because i also purchased uh like a, a handheld emulator for bennett with like preloaded games but obviously you can flash new firmware and stuff and get yeah, mine models. mine was more in the spirit of the rebellion if you catch oh. my drift. Okay. So it's just something on like your computer? It's a USB plug-in. So I could pop it into the TV and just do an input. But how are you playing it? Or HDMI. Sorry, no, USB. Uh, and then, yeah, you just... Uh, uh, what do you mean play? You just... It's it's through a program in, in, the, in this little like system. This little like box. Does it have a controller? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wireless Bluetooth controllers. Yeah. Well, where where did the box come from, though? Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. I don't, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you off air. I don't want. I don't want Sonic the Hedgehog's grandchildren coming for me. For, for well, you know. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I found I've. I've done similar things. So the, the, right now I'm, I have something on my phone where I'm playing, you know, ROMs just or whatever download. I've been currently playing Pokemon, but I did buy something that is like a physical version of that. Oh yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know that that stuff is like illegal. I mean, these are uh, games that are not licensed anymore or owned by the company. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell but, you off there regardless, but yeah, I have all, right, all the old, okay. all the old Nintendo games. We can get back to Star Wars. Yeah. But my, my, yeah. My point is, uh, this stuff will look dated eventually. And uh, Luke from Mando season two already doesn't look as good as Luke from Bo- book of Boba Fett to, uh, Steven's point, by the way, Steven, thanks for the question, man. Yeah, um, good one. Well, so I, I think they will, uh, cause it seems like a lot of these things can be done, uh, but they won't put a ton of money into it. But if, if Lucasfilm can convince Disney that there's a need for it for the sake of the suspension of disbelief and the continuity, which are two huge things, uh, with Lucasfilm when it comes to making these stories, I think they would. So I also think they're going to change things, but here's my and probably a lot of people's issue with them doing this is they're going to do it the wrong way. Um, mm. what they're, what, in my opinion, what they're going to do is they're going to do it without telling anybody. They're going to one day somebody's going to come along and they're going to say, I just was watching it and I noticed something that didn't seem right. 
I went back and I checked. I happened to have like this recording or I found a YouTube video of what was there. And mm-hmm. sure enough, Disney quietly, without telling anybody, updated the graphics and deleted the old version. You can't get it anymore because it's not two versions. It's not a special edition. It's not right. we, we're announcing that we're updating the graphics and, and just making them better. Um, but if you want, we're going to go, you can you can access the archives and, and watch the old one or anything like that, they will just do it and not tell anybody. And I think there is already precedent for this when you're looking at something like how they took the jeans guy out or there's another episode of Mandalorian where they took like a a plane or a helicopter that was happened to be in the episode. They removed it uh, in the day after it aired. Um, And it's just, yeah, I and I understand the difference there. It's like they're covering up a mistake. This yeah. is this, but but what I'm saying is, is they're approaching the art, the state of the art at the time is now in the future a mistake, and they're fixing a mistake by updating it and making it look better. And I think that's the wrong approach. I think that if you're going to do it do it, tell everybody you're doing it and let us still continue to archive the historical version. Yeah. That's why, I mean, now they finally released, you know, Mando on physical. So people can nerd out if that does happen the way you're saying it could, which is they make the changes without telling people. And then Mm -hmm. someone will be watching their Blu-ray and be like, what? Where's this guy on Disney plus? I don't remember that, you know, uh, yeah. that guy had a hat, you know, or something, you know, <laughs> or there were three X-Wings there. Now there's, now there's five, you know, people or, are going to be watching it and then they're going to have, for whatever reason, they're going to have an opportunity to go back. Like people might even learn it from the D- new Disney plus way that, that, that got changed. They go back and watch the Blu-rays at some point and be like, this is different than what's on Disney plus And I can prove it. They go over, they load it up. It's different. Um, well, let's, yeah, I don't know. Let's, I, uh, let's parlay, let's parlay this into our main discussion. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up Will the Force then and head into, because John likes to do this, it sort of leads into the discussion. This is basically going to be our topic. So, John, I'm going to throw up the title card, and then uh, you can introduce what we're talking about. Away we go. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right. So, yes. Will Disney update Star Wars movies the way George Lucas continued to update his all the way through uh, or even after the sale? I don't don't remember when the McClunky thing happened, but I'm pretty sure that was two years after uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm and and it was uh, an edit that George Lucas had. Was already working on. For Greedo, yeah. Yeah, so... It's, you know, we don't need to do a big introduction. You're kind of seeing where we're at off that last question from uh, Stephen and Will of the Force. But uh, to focus on the movies, maybe, but we can touch on Disney Plus if we want. It's just interesting to think about the movies because, you know, we were talking about them last Thursday about, you know, literal changes that were happening to the story that Adam Driver mm-hmm. revealed for Ben Solo. But from a visual perspective, you know, that's on that's always going to be on the table because, as new movies come out, new technologies come out, and, you know, everyone's chasing James Cameron now and what he's doing. Um, there are going to be elements of these movies and these shows that are going to feel a bit dated. 
and there's going to be opportunities for them to tweak certain things. Um, now that's going to come down to whoever owns Lucasfilm at the time, whether that's still Disney or not. They'll be up to them to decide if they want to put the resources into making those updates because uh, things cost money. But uh, ultimately, you know, with Lucasfilm always being wanting to be and always had been the state of the art company, uh, the company that founded ILM. Uh, because George Lucas needed a team to do things that were previously unable to be done, uh, as beautifully showcased in Light and Magic, among other spots. I could totally see them needing to not, well, I'll say it, needing to maybe make some updates to some of the visual effects to keep Star Wars feeling like it's a real thing. Um, he did it to the original trilogy, which many people believed were the perfect movies that didn't need to be touched. And as James alluded to before, there are people who have their original versions. I have a set myself of uh, that on Blu-ray. One of our listeners uh, were so uh, kind to have sent those to me. But I like a lot of the changes that were made by George Lucas. There were some I didn't. Now, we're not here to have that debate. We're here to see whether or not they would do that to The Force Awakens or Rogue One or uh, you know any of these movies, Solo. So I... I'm going to think, I, I don't see what would stop them from doing it. I don't, you know, if they feel a need to do it uh, and it, it's something that even maybe helps uh, storytelling, you know, wh or what have you, or just updating uh, one of those CG characters like a Tarkin or, or Leia in Rogue One is where my brain goes. Um, I could see them doing it. So I'm saying, yeah, I, I think it's something that they can do. I think it's something they will do. I don't think it'll be anytime soon. But it wouldn't shock me if in, you know, 10, 15 years we get, you know, the 30th anniversary of, you know, The Force Awakens one day and it's like the special edition and it's just uh, a little improved and they brought J.J. back to make some tweaks or whatever. Uh, and they would give that movie another chance to have a box office run and people revisit the nostalgia of the nostalgia of the return of Star Wars. <laughs> that could be a cool thing too. So, James, where are you at? You, you seem to already have alluded to the fact that you could see them making changes to Disney plus uh, perhaps um, quietly. Um, but mm -hmm. could you see a fanfare thing sort of like we got in 97 with the return of star Wars and like, check out how this scene looks today with things like the force awakens rogue one, you know, whatever that may not feel dated now, but eventually one day they might, you know, that when it comes to the movies, I feel like it's a lot, tougher to have the argument that I, I had. Um, like, I almost kind of feel like they won't do it with the movies. Um, oh, at all? Or do you mean the, your approach that they'll do that, that they won't do it quietly? That they won't do it at all. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So hmm. I, so I, and I'm, I'm back and forth. Like, I think I, I can, I can think interesting. Um, I can come up with interesting discussion going both ways, but part of me thinks, you know, when when would they do this? Because it does seem a little bit strange that at some point they would be like, well, we're revisiting the sequel trilogy with updated graphics. And everybody would go, why don't you just do like, why don't you do it with the prequels? Like that's that we'd rather see that than the sequel trilogy with updated stuff. Um, and then them not having a good answer to that. Be like, well, we can't, you know, like they're never going to say that. So they probably just soon stay away from it. The other, the other thing too is like, when would they do that? Because I could also see just the same way as they said, 
Um, and this may be a good, good question. Did they update Avatar when it was re-released in theaters before Avatar 2 came out? Not that I know of. I mean, okay. I could be wrong. I just, I, I don't remember hearing of that. Okay. Um, but my my thought is like, I, I'm not exactly sure when they would do this because part of me says like, you know, Disney, they love their money and they would probably re-release uh, seven, eight, and nine in theaters before 10 came out just as like a quick way to make some money and get people excited about Star Wars again. Um, even though it wouldn't make like a ton of money, it would just add to the, the box <laughs> office. They could do that. Is that the time to do it? That does, it feels too soon to do it, you know. Like we've updated the graphics oh, from three, four soon. years ago, yeah. you know. Yeah. I that that seems strange too. Yeah. And then there's even there's a third thing too that makes me kind of question the movies as well, which is so I looked up so there you, you are you probably aware of this the Mickey Mouse going into public domain in 2024. Do you know much about I just, that? I just read this yesterday. Is this a new thing? No, I mean, no, not new since like the 90s, but it's it's always been sort of presumed that Disney would push it forward as they have in the past. So at one point, at one point, they were going to run out and they didn't they weren't able to to um, keep Mickey around. They were going to lose him to public domain. So they lobbied and they got an additional 20 years packed onto that. And so then. 20 years later, getting close to it, they lobbied again and got an additional 19 years put onto it. So then the assumption for the last, you know, whatever, 25 years or whatever, is that when that inevitably comes up again, Disney was going to lobby for it and get the copyright extended again so that they could keep Disney out of the public domain. But they, in fact, did not do that. Um, and they are going to let him go to public domain. And the reason they're letting him do that is because when the last time they lobbied 20 years ago was a point when Mickey Mouse meant more to Disney than it does today, because Mickey Mouse at the time was a huge percentage of their global intake. He was important to their brand. Today, Mickey Mouse is not a moneymaker. Star Wars is a moneymaker. And uh, Marvel is a moneymaker. And all the Pixar is a moneymaker. All these other acquisitions that they've had since then make money. I'm also curious then, this all leads me to the point of at some point, do they say that Star Wars, and I know I just said Star Wars is a moneymaker, but at some, one point do they go, is this really worth the time? to go in and update and sort of add new scenes and pull from the archives and try to get people interested in re why don't we just make more movies? You know what? Like why do that for these old movies? And I feel like George was inspired to do that because these star Wars movies were everything to him at the time. The star Wars and the original trilogy was his Mickey mouse, but to Disney, Star Wars and the sequel trilogies, they are not hit their Mickey Mouse. You know what I'm saying? They don't do, mean those I, movies, those sequel trilogies, yeah. Solo, Rogue One, stuff like that. They don't mean as much to that. Um, but I feel like, you know, but things yet, like the TV shows and stuff, throw a couple bucks at it, update it. I feel like that's not that big of a deal. But with the movies, it's almost too high profile to really like, 
pour the money in to update them and re-release them yeah. or come up with some special version. I don't think there needs to be a fanfare like in 97 with these big re-releases because I don't think the sequel trilogy and they haven't done it for the prequel trilogy carry that same legacy the way the original trilogy does. I mean, Star Wars put blockbusters on the map yeah. in 1977. Uh, come see Star Wars for the first time in theaters. And kids like me were like, all right, I'm in. And it made yeah. me a bigger fan. Uh, so at the I time, the phrase, to- the way it was meant to be seen actually meant something. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I don't think it needs to be that big of a fanfare. I also think it's quite possible that they could make small changes that aren't these necessarily giant things that would break the bank. Um, like, I mean, just look at, we've talked about it. Some of the fan edits of Rogue One and how we talked to Hal Hickel and he was like, well, yeah, but they built it upon what we did and it was easier for them to do that because of it. And I agree with him, but because they've done it, they could probably easily go in and make Leia look more like an accurate Carrie Fisher from Mm -hmm. 1977 or make updates as needed to Grand Moff Tarkin if they figure out how to finally vanquish the uncanny valley you know that sort of stuff where it's like i i think i'm just looking at peter cushing here whereas oh wow that looks a lot like peter cushing they did a great job it's like no there's peter cushing i think they could do stuff like that and with the characters that we've seen in human form seeing in digital later like the luke's and in the mandoverse and stuff i it wouldn't surprise me if they were like Let's see if we can make some updates to this. We don't have to do a big re-release or anything like that. We can update the versions on our platforms. Uh, if there's another version of technology on, on physical media that happens to come out one day, we can make that a part of that, uh, but not hide it from people. And do a small featurette and invite Scripps News and Clayton Sandell to come in and, and we'll show them how we updated Leia for Rogue One and the differences and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the type of stuff I could see. Um, I could also see maybe minor tweaks if someone like J.J. Abrams says like, you know, I always had this one regret and I wish I, I had done it. Like maybe Ben Solo's Force Ghost should have been with Leia and Luke at the end of Rise of Skywalker. You, you do the Hayden Christensen thing where you punch him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it might upset. It might upset sequel trilogy purists which is going to be a thing one day if that happens. But mm-hmm. uh, that those types of little things I could see happening. Um, major, massive, like, re-release. We, we went frame by frame and we redid everything. Uh, I don't think so because I don't know that that would need to be done with the modern technology they used to make the movies. But I say that now in 2023. Who knows in 2048 what it's going to be like. But <clears throat> do you see what I mean, though? Like, minor changes to just say like we have the technology we are the company that does it and the fact that lucasfilm still as far as we understand it has the creative autonomy to say what they want to do and disney has to approve it from a financial standpoint um why wouldn't the company that created this boom in special effects update their stuff as they see uh, these other films coming out that have the superior nature. So I think there's 
I don't think it's an all or nothing thing where it's like, we're going to go in and touch TFA or we're going to leave TFA alone. It's like, no, but maybe we'll have Chewy hug Leia at the end. Missed mm-hmm. opportunity. You know, that the minor things that won't necessarily overhaul these, these, these movies, but things that uh, could maybe enhance the viewing experience and the suspension of disbelief and, and continuity. And, and I, I mean, we got digital Luke in The Mandalorian because Lucasfilm is obsessed with the idea of making Star Wars feel real to kids. And if you put another actor there, they're like, wait, that's Luke Skywalker? Because it's not. Mm -hmm. Whereas adults are like, yeah, recast. Let's get Sebastian (laughs) Stan in there. Um, We want to be able to show these movies and perceive the notion that, no, this did happen a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that's why you see it and it seems fluid. So, um, okay. So here's, you know, g- good points. I have another point where I think that it, it sort of, I don't want to say nail in the coffin, but it's for the negative side of it. But then from there, I think there's a positive look on why I think it could happen, <laughs> but also sort of negative. I'll explain. Okay. The first thing is, is why, why would Disney do it? When, and to your point, I think you're saying to show people up, but but I don't think Disney would ever do it because if you want to see it, there's already a YouTuber or a content creator out there who's already done it, who's already fixed these graphics. And the at the rate we're going with the capabilities of people being able to update or change or create their own content, I think it's very easy and it's very it's already pretty obvious that we're at the stage where somebody can take a movie and say I like the prequels for instance they could just import that into whatever update the visual effects themselves and so Disney would constantly or they would be setting themselves up for they're like hey we updated the graphics using state-of-the-art technology and some kid in his bedroom you know could come along at the rate we're moving and say i made it look even better than what disney did good you know i know but i'm saying disney doesn't want to play that game they don't want to be shown up by people on the internet because at the time it was really cool because nobody could do that. Nobody could update Star Wars and make, you know, uh, turn the the human job of the hut into the character uh. and have Han walk around. That wasn't possible. And it was cool experience to see that. But today, if Star Wars said we took this deleted scene and we turned it into this thing and we did this whole whole thing. I I feel like at the rate we're going, people would very easily be able to be like, I I mean I could do that and and I could make I could make Leia look even better than what you guys updated her I, to I fix her. Yeah, I, yeah, but I don't buy well, it. <laughs> you you don't buy that Disney wouldn't want to just they wouldn't no. want to have to deal I, with people constantly like like we fixed it and they're like you didn't fix it i'll yeah. fix it and make it look better and everyone yeah. will agree with me the, the youtuber someone could fix it on youtube if youtube's still around then and upload a, a, a minute and 23 second video saying like hey we we did lay it better than you but mm-hmm. i'm not watching the movie with that updated version then i would need to see the movie with the updated version and they're their uh, lighting and all that stuff needs to match up in the scene with the movie. Like, 
So for me as a fan, like it's whatever. And then also like, what's the viewership bubble on that? Where who's paying attention to like this guy on the internet updated it in terms of like the general Star Wars viewing audience. Whereas if Star Wars like we updated it and they did it and say Joe Schmo comes on YouTube three years later and he's like, I did it better than you guys. I don't think that audience is going to care. I think most of them won't even know. There will be people who are in the zeitgeist of YouTube and and all this stuff who are who get, give that view, that video 10 million views. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like one of those things where Disney's going to be like, I can't believe we are so afraid of this YouTuber getting views on their video, clipping out a one scene of our movie that we're not going to make this better. I don't think they're going to be afraid of one YouTuber. They're going to be afraid that the technology has gotten to the point where just about anybody would be able to make the same changes they're making. And I know that's a hard thing to swallow when it comes to ILM. Like, no, ILM is always going to have the state uh, state of the art technology. But you know, look how John Noel got his job, essentially doing that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And other people already have have sort of fixed Star Wars and then got jobs working for Star Wars because they're already fixing jobs. And I get that. But I don't think that's a bad thing. What I'm saying is I just don't think the company – I think they would rather like – like, oh, there's a crazy conspiracy uh, and the president isn't going to talk about it. Well, he's not going to talk about it because if he talk about it, it leads – people to believe that he's that the conspiracy might be true just ignore it you know what i mean i think that's the 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 approach when a big studio is like do we want to try to update this and fix this it's just going to bring on competition and people competing with us why don't we just let it alone and just let it be historically what it is i think that's what people like anyway they don't like it when we make the changes because then it feels like i know i know but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think there would be a, uh, an HR or PR swing on like updated, you know, or something. But I think what that sort of translates into is like, they weren't up to par. So we brought them into the latest, you know, whatever. Here's, yeah. here's, here's another approach though. And I, and, and I, I believe we both sort of stated what we're going to state on as far as that. But I have another angle of this is that, Yes, there will probably continue to be physical copies of which they would have to pay royalties to the people who worked on the product, unless, of course, it was like flat fee. So like a visual effects studio, right? Let's say visual effects studio A worked on The Rise of Skywalker. Well, at some point, Disney could come along and replace what visual effects studio A did with what visual effects studio B did for for very cheap money and for very cheap royalty costs. And then since that's the official version on Disney plus or the streaming service, that visual effects studio B is the person who actually gets paid because visual effects studios work is not in the new version. So they could essentially what, what studios you're saying outside of ILM, like if they brought in people to help with stuff. Yeah. they, They already do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's I not know, just ILM. It's like a ton of visual effects studios that, or, or whatever you know. They contract these people. Things. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. That, that's what I'm getting at. Is I'm saying there may come a point where people say, "Hey, 
I did this on my own. I, I fixed, you know, these aspects of the movie. If you will, I'd be willing to take this price on the work that is done because I did it really quickly with today's technology. It was a lot easier to get it done. If you replace what's in the movie with what I've given you, then you can start to pay me instead of having to pay them and I'll be cheaper. I don't think that would ever happen. Well, that's what would happen in your scenario where they update it. Unless, of course, they go back to the original studios and say, hey, but I I think when you're outsourcing like that, it's going to be like, who can do it the cheapest? And another studio will probably be like, well, we use the latest technology and we can do it better and cheaper. And then they'll get the job, not the original people. Because yeah, I think I'm, when it comes to these, like, whoa, we're going to update. I'm the not going to pretend. I don't think Disney I know. cares to pay the people who worked on the original. I'm not going to pretend. Want, yeah, I know how the technologies work, and if you can't use someone else's technology or correct someone else's thing, because they, these these YouTubers took what Lucasfilm did and they updated it without having their resources. So I don't see why another studio wouldn't be able to correct someone else's work. But I. We're getting down that rabbit hole. I want to inject some fun into this. And, <laughs> okay. And I, I you, just want to get to like, do if, we really think it's going to happen? Can if, it happen? I think it can. I think it can happen. I think it's possible it happens. I don't think on a grand scale. Uh, fix a couple fixes here and there. And not fix. A couple updates here and there. Tweaks here and there. What have you. What is, is there anything that you could think of from any of the movies that came out since Disney purchase Lucasfilm that you would like to see tweaked from, you know, not a huge, not a huge perspective, but Oh, that one scene, I always wish they, you know, that wasn't on the mark or if they added, uh, if they added hit blanks ship here, or if this person was, you know, one of those things. I, I mean, the first thing that pops to in the top of my head, and I know we can't do it, we've already discussed it, but I think, and it's it's not Disney's, this is still prequels, but I think it would be great to add something where you have Hayden Christensen, Anakin talking to young Ahsoka and having that, that connection there that they've established later, that we have the actors, oh, oh, throw it in, yeah. add it in, give us an extra scene, and de-age him or something, you know, really make it fit the movie. You know what I mean? Don't just like out of context de-age him kind of thing, which they did for Ahsoka and for Obi-Wan and like stuff. In, but in I mean, Revenge like, of the Sith at some point? Yes. Like if you are updating Revenge of the Sith and you do that, you add that scene and Hayden Christensen returns and you de-age him yeah, properly cool. to fit the oh, movie. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool. But again, I don't think they're ever going to touch Georgia's stuff. No. It yeah. it does. I, I, I feel a little, I should have thought about this. I feel a little put on the spot about what could change what I would like to see maybe a tweak here or there. Um, I mean, you know, fixing Tarkin is an, is an obvious one. Um, I, to this day, still think that Leia looks better than Tarkin, but I know that <laughs> you and I will never, ever, ever see eye to eye on that. And yeah, I, I don't your opinion on it, but yeah, I, th- I think she's near perfect. Um, 
but I, but the Tarkin one to me is like, he does so much talking and, and looking around and so long of scenes. I'm just like, I don't see how anybody doesn't see that. That's not, I mean, it looks good. It looks like the, one of the best we've ever seen, but I literally see that. And I'm like, I can still tell that that person is not oh, standing yeah. in the room. Yeah. Whereas the Leia one to me, is just like, it is a person standing in the room. They just sort of like put, put a face on it. And I think it looks fine. I think it looks pretty good. But regardless, I, to get back to the point is I actually do think that that, you know, if they were to update Tarkin a little bit, I don't know that anybody would really like be angry about that well, too Tarkin, much. Tarkin was in the room. It was Guy Henry. Yeah, no, I think they fully replaced his body like he he did the parts, but I think they use him only as the 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 model uh to go off of yeah. and they they end up replacing the full body of Tarkin. I don't think it's just his head, but I think with um I think with Leia they do actually use the actress's body. I think I think if that Leia had more than 6 seconds of screen time, you would probably feel similar though to how you feel about Tarkin. Maybe. That mouth Maybe if Tarkin had 6 more seconds of screen time, you'd you'd agree with me. <laughs> No, I agree with you about Tarkin. I update Tarkin. I'm all about updating those CG uh, likenesses. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So I think, yeah, I think those are good picks. Um, The more I say it and like Lacey's going to think I'm lying about this and a lot of people are going to think I'm lying about this, but because I didn't ever think this way. But now after hearing like uh, Adam Driver talking about it, it probably would have made sense and made fans feel better and feel more closure if Ben Solo's Force Ghost showed up at the end, because he did mm. disappear, which showed he had the ability. Um, so, I just think it would have been also a cool parallel with Anakin's ending in Return of the Jedi. He didn't have to say anything. They didn't say anything. She looks out. She sees them too, and then he appears slightly after the way Anakin appears slightly after in Return of the Jedi stands alongside uh, his mother and his uncle. And then her saying Ray Skywalker probably also uh, doesn't sting as bad for fans who are upset about it because he's a Skywalker. They're the Skywalkers and she's carrying on all of their legacies. Uh, that's one change I would make. And I'm not going to predict that they're going to do that, but it that's one change that would not shock me if they did it because it probably mm-hmm. wouldn't cost a lot. It's at the very end of the movie. It That's a big change. It's a big change, but it, it, as Adam Driver says, the phrase, it tracks because of the parallels and because he we did see his body disappear the way we saw Leia's disappear. We know he became one with the Force in a similar vein. It would not be beyond the stretch of our imagination to think he could become a force ghost um so i think that's one change that would be a positive for a lot of people and i would like Mm -hmm. to see it actually um there's probably others there's probably a few others too i think there's one shot in the force awakens i think that would like them to update a little bit um Um, uh, i got another one yeah i think uh i think that in a lot of cases some of the uh voicing decisions for some of the characters could be changed. Um, mm. And I think uh, the biggest example of that um, would be characters who spoke uh, 
English or Galactic Basic You've been saying uh, that we later sort of look at and we were like, I don't understand mm. why they made that choice. This character should have spoke an English or a, an alien language and it should yeah, have been random, subtitled. Yeah. Um, I think that just the same way that they they did that with the um, the special editions um, and they've done it um, uh, elsewhere too, I believe. But I, I think just um, the first one that pops off of the top of my head there, so there's there's two, is um, Bulio, uh, you know, but that's Bulio. Mark Hamill, so it's kind of tricky, you know, for well, that he, particular one. He can one. do the voice still, just do he an alien He can still do voice. the voice, that's fair, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, also um, uh, Solo, uh, White, Termite. Oh, Lady Proxima? Lady Proxima, yeah. I feel that's another one that they probably could update and, and change the voice. Even if they kept it English, um, I think maybe doing something different with the character would make the character seem a little bit more believable. Um, I, I, I do I, think, yeah. I do think yeah. th- like it's not necessarily that it's not speaking English, but you also have other characters, other white worm characters that don't speak her mm-hmm. language and she seems to speak English and it seems like it's pretty clear and fine. She's that's got like, she's an old boss. lady accent. I know that's what I'm saying, but it, it also doesn't it feel just like, ah, you made a clicking sound. It's, I know, but I kind of liked mean? it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's fine and it's yeah. star Wars. It's okay. There's a solo change that I can't right. believe you haven't brought up yet. Oh, give me a minute. Uh, Oh, the ending. Yeah, of course the ending. Yeah. You hate the ending. So, yeah, swap out swap out the ending and and figure out a new way to sort of edit. Just just um it's not changing the ending necessarily, but what I'm saying is re-edit it you and kind of make it dice. flow a little bit better. Um I want the I want the dice there. Um but just something about the music and the way it ends, there's this extra beat that doesn't work. This extra um, Yeah. Yeah, I just really want like a Three, two, one, and closure. You know, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 not like a three, two, one, and one beat go. Da, 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 da. It just doesn't right. work. But um, it's like yeah, Van Halen one. wrote the end of Solo. That's a good one. <laughs> um, any others pop up to mind? Because I, I, I'm having fun. Like, given some time to think about it. Um, I, yeah, I'm also. There's all another element to this, like things that pop that were in the trailers that didn't end up in the movies that they could probably reimpose like the, that, that classic tie fighter in Jin Erso's face. Um, um, so I'm trying to think of one from solo for myself, just to be fair. Cause people think I just like, I'll give you another second to think about it. And I don't know how they would pull this off, but I think either adding an extra scene or cutting out certain scenes maybe possibly doing something to that middle section of the last Jedi around the Canto by area era area um, that could make it flow a little bit better, maybe cutting back to a certain scene at a different time uh, or something along those lines where like, you're not adding or doing anything, but you're, you're, you're sure just kind of recutting a little bit to make it seem a little bit more purposeful or not as like I'm just going to skip this whole section because I don't care if you skip it you're going to miss other dialogue of other scenes you know maybe doing something to that this this is a callback to one of our buddies 
uh, Alex Backus. And he said this a long time ago. I don't know why. Yeah, he said this a long time ago. And for whatever reason, it stuck with me. Uh, He said he firmly believed that if they just changed how Luke threw away the lightsaber, we would have had way less people pissed off. And so if they got Hamill back just to film him taking it, turning and like whipping it, sort of like almost like Kylo Ren did, as opposed to doing the over the shoulder flip, just that little, that little change, I think would have been a better choice. So it's like little things like that, um, which they could do. Maybe there were other takes that they haven't used that they can maybe reconsider. I'm not saying I want them to go changing all this stuff again, just for our audience. We're not sitting here saying they should just fun to think about things. People have talked about that. They didn't like that might be able to be changed, not to buckle to criticism, but to say like, well, you know, art is ever changing. Let me, as the artist, you know, let me revisit that and think about it the way George Lucas did. So uh, I think that would be an interesting change. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure there's others. Dude, there's there's definitely shots that people don't love. Um, I'm sure people would get rid of the somehow Palpatine return line or whatever. I I wouldn't. I think it's fine. I think Star Wars always has had campy dialogue. What about yeah. adding thirds Luke's third lesson into the actual cut of the movie? No, no. I, I almost like the idea of Luke's third lessons sort of being ambiguous and well, what would it have been? And you know. Um, and also it, I, I think there was already too much time spent on Octo in that movie. I mean, that's fair, but I, but I guess I'm thinking of it not, maybe not as much like a, uh, uh, a release or recut more of like the Lord of the Rings extended edition. You know what I mean? And you mm-hmm. have this like, sort of like we added in scenes to the movie that weren't in there and, and, and changed a couple other things too. But like, this is, this is for the fans. This is for the ones that are going to sit down and they want to watch the three hour last Jedi, you know, straight through. The only way to experience it now is we have the theatrical version and then we also have the the bonus scenes, you know what I mean? But we've added those scenes back into the cut, you know, and it gives you this new special edition version of the movie that you can sit and watch, you know, but it's just for the fans, you know, kind of, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I could see something like that. I can, um, I'm sure there's a contingent Unless they of fans break continuity, would... they don't make any sense when you add them back in. There's a small pocket of fans out there that probably would sit down and have no issue watching a six-hour cut of The Last Jedi. So, I think what would be awesome, too, is if there are scenes that we've never seen before, like the, the baby head rises Skywalker yes. yep. Yep. that is unreleased content that they're adding yeah. back to the movie. I could totally see that, in which case... Those types of things um, feel a little bit more in the spirit of the special edition. Like, hey, we did this scene and we right. have been sitting on it for years, you know? Yeah, like like if George Lucas had made these movies and they were these movies. And, you know, I don't want to trigger anybody by saying that. Uh, but he would probably consider that stuff. He'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, man, let's... Let me let me hook back up with Neil and the team and see if we could polish that up and, and just get a couple more shots and then we'll get this into the movie because again, we I didn't realize people yeah. would 
speculate about this thing so much, you know. And I think um, that's George being like, this is me and my piece of art and I'm I'm playing with it. And to Disney, it's a product that they have. And I don't think they're necessarily as Look, passionate no. about updating and changing and 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 keeping it current and relevant. But don't I forget. I think the, the way for them to do that is just make another movie that, you know, we'll just make a TV yeah. show and that'll sure. keep Star Wars relevant. <clears throat> But yeah, and don't forget, though, that Lucasfilm is still a film studio that is owned by Disney. And while Disney may have the hammer, Lucasfilm still can say like, hey, you know, Bob, we're we're looking at this. Mm -hmm. You know, we're thinking about making this change to this movie. Uh, Basically, what the idea is, it doesn't really make any massive plot changes, but we think it uh, it makes a a more visually appealing, um, updated, modern look. At this particular scene, uh, you know, is the budget there? Can we do this? Where where would we need to cut and whatever? And Bob's like, hey, you know, whatever. The people in charge at Disney that oversee those decisions will say, yeah, okay. So I think you still got to remember the fact that Lucasfilm is still operating from from a creative standpoint with autonomy. Uh, of course, Disney has final say, but there's people at Lucasfilm coming up with these ideas to do this stuff. Not necessarily what we are saying, but stuff like right. this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can keep going, but I do want to, you know, I'm curious what our audience has for anything. They would love to George Lucas out of the sequel trilogy in terms of like, oh, they cut that out. Like you said, the baby head, or if they just added this here, or uh, if that ship showed up in this scene, I'm very curious because th- this is fun, uh, fun chat to me because it's all hypotheticals. It's all for fun. And, you know, the movies are still what they are. Um, but I'm very curious to hear what uh, everyone thinks out there. But, um, you know, it is funny though. There was, um, there was a period of time where this was really popular to do. And I always remember like, whether it was like the DVD or Blu-ray release, or maybe it was getting re-released in theaters. And it was always like, they tried to make it seem like it was so cool. And it sounded always to me, it sounded so weak. They're like, with 13 additional seconds added to the movie. And I'm like, 13 seconds? Oh, like, you ever watched that was like deleted scenes? Big... What? Uh, deleted scenes on old DVDs. Most of them were pretty much the scene with like an added dialogue or it was literally just six seconds of something. Yeah, They're, they're usually like nonsense. I'm, I, I'm not even talking about delete. I'm like... Like something like I can't even put my finger on who did it or what did it. But I remember it was a trend for a long time that they would like add additional footage to like the the actual movie. And then they would advertise it as if this was so cool. And they would say literally like how long of a more there was to it. But it was always like 20 seconds of additional footage. And I'm always like, I, I remember just at the time I was like, who? who cares? Like I get it, but like 20 seconds, that's not that big of a difference, but they would always, it was a trend to like make it seem like 20 seconds was like a big deal. And I think it's just cause they didn't like actually have the stuff <laughs> and they were that- like, but we got to do this. So we're going to release it and put everything we can back into it. Man. I wish I had an example. Somebody give me an example of like a movie that did this. And it was like <laughs> over 30 seconds of new additional. Oh, I footage. have one. I have one. So, you know, I love the movie Scream. Yeah. So when the movie came out, you know, back then in 96, like people were taping movies off HBO or Cinemax or whatever. And 
there was a, there was this floating around director's cut of Scream, and the there was like only two very minor changes, and one was the first boyfriend who gets killed, uh, Drew Barrymore's boyfriend. You see more of his guts just falling out of his stomach, and it's like five seconds. Yeah, and then there's one other very brief visual thing added, and beyond that, same exact movie. The movie's like literally fourteen seconds longer. I know, and it, but um, and and that's a good example. My, I, I, what I'm saying is, I think at the time they would have leaned into the over eight seconds of new footage into this yeah. two hour movie. And it's like, that's a weird way to advertise it. It'd say something different, like two additional scenes that, that make it even more gory or something like, why is eight seconds? The thing you're landing on is like the thing that's going to pull people in. I get well, eight more huh? seconds of scream. Isn't yes. That, isn't that how long it takes for uh, Vin Diesel to drive a quarter mile? So maybe it's just him driving <laughs> another quarter mile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right man um good chat good discussion i dug it and i know it's something that uh, we'll be able to continue to talk about in the future yeah. um anything else uh james before we uh close it out no uh like i said i i at the very top of this i i googled you know when does star wars fall into the public domain and i it's a rabbit hole that I don't want to get into. It might be an easy answer, but um, I'm not sure if Disney has pushed all copyright laws or specific copyright laws just on Mickey, but it seems like generally, or at least the one that I landed on, it seems like most people are saying it's about a hundred years after. And I'm like, I think, I don't think that's the case. So I, I don't think it's going to be 2077 when the first star Wars movie falls into public domain. I feel like it would be sooner than that. I won't worry about it. <laughs> well, I'm saying if it's sooner than that, if it's actually closer to like um 60 years yeah. and not 100, then it's like 20 years from now yeah. anybody can do anything they want with Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Well, they somebody could, another studio could make a Star Wars movie. Yeah, we could do it. Well, you uh, yeah. <laughs> true yeah we'll make solo two happen yeah there you go <laughs> that'll be even longer though yeah <laughs> well, well we are wearing the shirts solo <laughs> goes into public domain we're wearing the shirts and we haven't said it in a little while especially with the strikes that were going on but make solo two happen and i mean alden ehrenreich's star is only rising Although... he's winning awards for uh doing his uh filmmaking and stuff so we'll see but that we do that have... actually the Han Solo, the character, might fall into public domain, though. In Good. which case, we'd be able to do whatever we wanted with We're it. Take them. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. It's free on all podcast apps. Just search Resistance Broadcast, hit follow, subscribe, whatever. And if it has a rating system, rate us five stars. James, I think we are just at about 600 ratings on Spotify now. Um, which is very cool. Uh, yeah, I will get, we'll get that Thank official you. number here. And then, of course, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. Uh, 593, James. So seven ratings on Spotify away from 600. So please rate us if you have Spotify. Look up TRB, the resistance broadcast, and rate us. 
hopefully five stars. Thank you very, very much. Uh, and of course, we have our uh, Patreon. If you'd like to support what we do, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, as we said at the top of the show. And uh, tier started five bucks. A lot of cool stuff on there. And um, we also have a Discord server, uh, exclusive mini episodes and uh, podcasts that are only on Patreon. Uh, so thank you for that. A special shout out to the Generals and Spice Runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack. Sneaky Zebra, he could start making real Star Wars movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Four Worthian, and all of our patrons, all of our listeners, everyone who likes TRB, uh, and all Star Wars fans, thank you all so much. Uh, uh, Lacey at Lacey Gillerin, let her know you're excited. She's coming back. Uh, the holiday party, TRB Christmas party, Thursday night, 8.30 East. Uh, be here, right on YouTube live and of course on your podcast apps the next day uh for me johnny hoey on social media and my movie podcast just like the movies uh we are putting out our episode uh either tomorrow or wednesday on once upon a time in hollywood so if you enjoy other movies and hearing me talk about other movies just like the movies is where that is james how about you you can find me on social media at myra trunks Right on, my man. All right. Uh, We will hopefully see you all Thursday to party it up, talk Star Wars, and have a good time on TRB Live. Uh, And uh, other than that, have a safe, wonderful week. And we will see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.